at the end of the day, everyone learns a little bit different and not everybody has that kind of like super macho-y, high testosterone kind of learning experience. Like these are scary sports and so not everyone is wired that way. Hey friends, this one goes out to every and all guys and gals who have considered mountain biking at one point in their life. Or maybe you're a seasoned veteran at the sport. Either way, this episode is for you. We sat down with Meg from Norco's Dirt Series to talk all things mountain biking. Dirt Series offers a weekend riding experience to learn techniques, gain new experiences, and develop confidence on your bike. They offer both women and all gendered camps for riders of any level. In this episode, we get a thorough overview of the camps themselves and the various ways that you can get involved. As a participant, volunteer, or coach, there are so many ways to be a part of this amazing community. We also discuss some hot topics in the mountain biking world as a whole. If you're interested in trying out a Dirt Series camp yourself, be sure to use our promo code to get 10% off any Canadian camp. The code is WILDPOD22. That's WILDPOD, spelled P-O-D, 22. You can learn more on our Instagram and in the link in our Instagram bio. Enjoy and happy riding. Basic, a podcast about everyday badass women who love the outdoors and are unafraid to be unapologetically themselves in the backcountry, regardless of norms and expectations. I'm Emma. And I'm Allie. On this podcast, we hope to share our love of backcountry shenanigans with those like us, those that inspire us, and those that are excited to discover their interest in the outdoors. exciting guest today we have meg from dirt series which is a mountain biking camp in the states and in canada we're really excited to have her on if you haven't heard about dirt series we've been posting about it a bit on our social media so maybe you want to learn about it through there and through our link tree but we are also going to talk about it at length in this episode so stay tuned meg how are you I'm good. I'm good. I am in the middle of a ginormous U.S. road trip right now. We just finished um, a really amazing coach training weekend in Hood River. And today for this call, I am actually in Kansas City, Missouri. So I have actually traveled from one coast right to the dead center of the U.S. And I'm pretty excited for the riding that I get to do here. And it's not at all what I expected in all of the best ways. So yeah. Hi. <laughs> yeah. I guess the coast to coast experience, you get to see all the diversity in what mountain biking can be across the nation, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I live in Calgary, Alberta, so I come from the Rocky mountains and I'm really, really lucky with this program because we do operate all around. I like to call it now central North America to the coast on the west side and we're it um we're actually expanding to Ontario this year so a little bit getting more east in Canada but I get to ride a little bit of everything well do you want to actually tell us a bit more about dirt series as a whole and and the camps that are running 
Yeah. So Dirt Series is a mountain bike skills program. Uh, we call ourselves a camp because it's a weekend experience and it's just the most outstanding opportunity for anybody who comes from a background of cycling that can be as basic as you ride your city bike around the city and you're comfortable coasting, you're comfortable using your brakes, maybe doing a bit of shifting all the way up to somebody who is a downhill mountain bike park rider and everybody in between. We primarily focus on women in mountain biking and that's anybody who feels most comfortable identifying as a woman. And we also have all gendered opportunities. So camps that we invite everybody to, and those came out of demand for uh, partners and spouses who felt like they weren't getting an opportunity to do these camps that were a lot more introductory and a lot more focused on skill development than what you traditionally have seen in the industry. And so now we coach about 2,500 people a year around central to west north america and our coaches are uh, primarily women as well but we do have other individuals in the program uh, who identify as male or who identify as non-binary and these wonderful coaches are everything that this program is about they come from a diverse background of riding of life experiences and they just really make the experience that much better so that's so great. I uh, I love to hear that it's for multiple skill levels because it reminds me that there's still people who are much better than I am at certain sports, but still have so much left to learn and are, and are learning themselves still. So totally. Yeah. And I mean, mountain biking is one of those sports that I like to think of it like a lifetime sport. It's riding your bike and you can take it from you know, as gentle to as extreme as you want to go. And you can do that your whole life. I don't, I mean, as I said to you guys earlier and our listeners know, I, I don't mountain bike or not yet anyway, I haven't tried it yet, but I see it. My outside perspective is that it's really similar to a lot of outdoor activities where, you know, you can kind of reinvent yourself within the sport at any different stage. Um, like you could go into different types of, of riding. And like, I love that you're kind of seeing this group of people who's motivated and excited about doing lots of different things and working with people at different levels. I feel like that's just such a great mentorship environment and just a good environment to be in overall. Yeah. And you know, the interesting thing is you're completely right. It is a lot like other sports. I come from the snowboarding world and I found that I have become a substantially better snowboarder as a result of mountain biking. And it's because, you know, skiing and snowboarding use a lot of looking ahead and line selection and, you know, you can make arguments that so many other sports use similar methodologies to be successful in them. And just like those sports, you can take it easy or you can push yourself, but it truly has just made me better at analyzing what's in front of me and taking relatable experiences. I'll never forget the first time I went to Golden BC as a mountain biker, I'd been skiing at King Horse Resort for forever. I mean, it's one of my favorite resorts, it's three hours from my home. I'm, I'm completely obsessed with it, to put it this way. I love steep shoots and going there in the summer is a mind bending experience because you don't realize what you're skiing on <laughs> when you're there. And it's these steep, rocky, loose shoots 
that you just throw yourself down on your skis or your snowboard and you look at that on your bike and you're like, oh no, what have I gotten myself into? And it just really makes you understand the terrain you're riding on and the places you're riding in a totally different light. So yeah. Well, Meg, I'm really excited to hear about how passionately you speak about mountain biking and how you're so right. It's, it sounds like it's this kind of new way to experience this terrain that you're involved with in these other ways. And um, I want to backtrack though, and get to know a bit more about how you actually got involved with dirt series in the first place. So could you tell us a bit about that? Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, I come from the snowboarding world and I'd been running a women's snowboard program for many years. And I learned from snowboarding that I absolutely love being in the mountains. And that drew me down to Calgary because I didn't grow up there. And then the next step in that is that I needed a summer sport and I don't have the best of knees. Snowboarding did that to me. Rugby did that to me when I was younger. And I absolutely loved road biking and I absolutely loved just ripping around in the summer on my little commuter and being outside on two wheels. At the time, my husband was working for an engineering firm in Edmonton and he had a colleague of his who had gone to this mountain bike camp and she couldn't stop raving about how amazing it was and how I need to learn how to mountain bike, even though she had never actually met me before. But she got this vibe from the events and from the camp that, you know, every woman who does anything outside needs to learn how to mountain bike at dirt series. And so my husband told me I was already kind of in this point in my life where I wanted to look at getting a mountain bike, maybe more cross country. It seems to be the place where everyone's kind of told to start. So I got myself a cross country bike And it was my starter package. And I showed up to Dirt Series Camp on my own in Canmore. And I honestly, like the rest was history. My whole life kind of changed from that program. (laughs) But some of the things that really stood out to me and why my life has continued down the trajectory it's gone is because this program was formulated in a way to make it so approachable. I'd never been on gravel trails. I was super nervous about mountain biking and I'd showed up alone. Yeah, the the camp just, it changed everything in that the skill sessions were so easy to follow and they felt like they built on each other and made me feel really confident. And I was taken down this, like, I call it a greeny blue trail now. It really wasn't anything that exciting, but it was also the most, invigorating, exciting, amazing experience I've ever had on a bike. And it was terrifying, absolutely terrifying, but also just, it was the right environment to learn in. I looked back at the registration a few years ago, and I think I did 10 or 11 camps in a period of about six years. I was like, totally hooked. My husband started coming out to camps because he's like, I've never been taught how to mountain bike. I'd love to learn. And yeah, we kind of outgrew the camps got to the point where I was tapped on the shoulder and told you're not allowed to come anymore because you keep pushing the group levels too high. And this is from someone who came in, not really ever mountain biking to being like six, seven years later being told, okay, how about you volunteer now? Or how about you consider coaching now? And it's been 13 years now. And I started working for the program. And two years ago, I bought the program. I left my job in downtown Calgary and I haven't looked back. 
Oh my God, you're such a success story. Like I feel like I'm like excited just hearing you speak about it and be committed to something like that for so long and move your way through it, Meg. Like it just gets me going. Like I'm just so excited for you. It's so, yeah, like Emma said, it's so invigorating, like hearing these stories, especially because like the people that you coach now and the people that you mentor now, you were in their shoes not that long ago. And I'm sure they appreciate that so, so, so much. Just over here, like through Zoom, I'm like feeling your excitement. I'm feeling, I don't even like, I don't even mountain bike that much. And I'm like, wow, I need to get out tonight. I mean, I don't sugarcoat it when I'm coaching, which has become a little bit less in the last few years. I've really transitioned to obviously operating the program now, but I still uh, get pulled out and I like to think dusted off at this point and take participants out, but I don't sugarcoat it. I know mountain biking scary. There are things that still terrify me on the bike and that's okay. Every time I go out, it's either today was a really good day and I did something that I was afraid of and now I feel better about it, or today was not a really good day and I'm going to have to try that again later because it just didn't go the way I wanted. But the thing that stands true, no matter what I do on my bike is that I am outside in the mountains or in the forest and I am in my happy place. I turn my head off. I think about nothing but biking and it is the most glorious feeling. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's something like most or all of our listeners can relate to is that feeling of no matter what it is mountain biking climbing skiing hiking snowshoeing whatever you're doing like that feeling of just being totally immersed in your activity outside and not thinking about anything else I think that's what we're all after ultimately and we just do like pick your poison like do it in whatever way you choose works best for you um did you like did you think you'd ever get into mountain biking the way you described your story (laughs) I was like wow, this feels like we took a left turn and mountain biking was there. I did not see it coming. I'm a pretty nervous sport person, a pretty nervous to a new sport person. And I'm one of those learners that it takes me a long time to feel really confident on my own. Getting into every other sport I've gotten into, I had motivation from other people that I could do it with. And going to this alone and starting my first dirt series camp, knowing no one, it was really scary. And I really didn't think I was going to like it at all. It's kind of crazy. It's not only a skills program that we're talking about here. We're talking about an opportunity to meet people and try a sport in a way that just makes everything easier. I'm still just like, like I said earlier, just kind of feeding off this like positive energy that you have when you're talking about mountain biking like you're clearly so passionate about it and I know one of the things that you brought up was community and how that's been a really positive influence for you so could you speak a bit more about what that community has been like for you and your experience with that group of people I definitely mentioned community because I think that's a big part of mountain biking and it can sometimes be intimidating to even enter a new sport and the community aspect is really I think what makes cycling as a whole just such an attractive sport to people is it's it's an individual thing but it comes with a giant group of friends no matter what you do and you go into any bike shop in any city and there's ride groups happening and there's people with clinics and lessons and there's all these different ways that you can become involved in a community and I can't say that I've seen that in every other sport I have definitely found that Dirt Series has its own little community 
And as we get bigger, I jokingly call it the dirt series cult because people who have come back year after year. And again, I'm a testament to that. I did like 10 plus camps and we've had volunteers who have been with our program for as long as I've been participating in it. And we've had coaches who have been around for the entirety of the business, 21 years. And you don't do that unless you're getting value both from the sport, but also that mental value and that friendship and that community aspect. Right. I was wondering if you could speak a bit to some of the gaps that you see in the mountain biking community and how Dirt Series is working to fill those. Yeah, I think um, the most obvious one for most women in this sport is this has not always been a very open women's focused sport. Definitely started as an activity that was very high adrenaline and it's got a lot of history of, of men being involved in it. And this isn't to, to bad mouth by any stretch, you know, the men who made mountain biking, what it is and the women who trudged along and continued to grow this community and try their best to make it more attractive to women. But I think the first and foremost, it, it's a scary sport. And for that reason, you just didn't see a lot of women get into it from the initial stages. That being said, it's getting better, but it's not great still. And so the reason this program started and the reason this program is still a success today is because it's focused for women and it creates a community and a place for women. I'm the first to say that like my local bike shop and my local trail societies don't have women's rides. They don't have women's specific, you know, programming. And a lot of times they have really poor selection of women's products. And we've seen that as the industry has evolved, you know, bikes have changed a lot. There used to be, um, this kind of mindset that you just have to pink it and shrink it. And that becomes a girl's bike. And this is a thing, you know, I I'm the first to say I'm five foot 10, I'm 180 pounds. I'm not a small woman and that didn't really work for me. So I rode men's gears for years and I just found that the industry didn't feel like it was catered to me as a woman, but this program opened up a whole bunch of other people who were going through the same thing and were experiencing the same concerns. And over time, the industry has gotten better and better. And there's more women who have come through mountain biking and said, I want to make a change in this sport, but it's still going to take more. And I'm going to push as hard as I possibly can to make it as accessible and remove the fear factor so that more women want to do it. Yeah. And we're, and we're not, just like you said, like, we're not bashing men here and we don't want to diminish any, any men in the community as well, but it, it means something different when your mentors look or think like you, It, it just resonates with you a lot more. And it just makes the whole idea of a sport or any kind of activity you're getting into much more welcoming. On top of all of that, and to kind of round out this thought, the biggest thing is having someone who is not only who looks like you, but is also built like you and mountain biking has really started to come a long way to accommodate female biomechanics. And that's something that we incorporate a lot of into our dirt series program is making sure that the way we're teaching skills works for a female body. 
the, the long and the short is not every skill can be done in the same way for a woman's body as it can for a man's body. And so mm -hmm. I think that's another really unique thing about what we're doing in that we're making this work for women. Snap, snaps to that. <laughs> oh my God. Also pink it and shrink it. I know I died at that. That was so funny. It's the whole thing, it happened in the ski industry years ago and it started happening in the mountain bike industry. And right when I got into biking, no word of a lie, this is like well after crop tops were out in the nineties when I was a kid. And I was like putting on a Jersey. Okay. Let, let's start here. I am five foot 10, 180 pounds. And I am, I'm not an oversized person. I'm a very healthy, very fit person. And I wear an extra large in women's clothes for mountain biking. And it drives me fucking nuts because I'm not extra large, but this whole pink it and shrink it thing, like made me feel like a monster sized human in mountain biking. And it was like, nothing fits. Pants are too short. Jersey sleeves are like up to here. They all have pink everything on them. And the worst part is I love pink, but it made me like not be okay with it. Yeah. I also feel like that's so interesting because I feel like sometimes women's things are sized like that because they think that you want this like tight, cute thing. And it's like, no, like, I, I want something comfy. Tight mountain biking. Yeah, if like I'm you, yeah. poisoned oak, I don't want anything touching me or cactus. Like, no, no, let's just make it comfortable and like flexible and I Sorry. feel like the industry was like, oh, women are, and I, I mean, I, this is the same in so many outdoor activities, but it's like, it oh, is. women are getting involved. Great. And then they make products for like the ideal. Men make products for women instead of women like, making products for us. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh yeah. The male's preferred quote, preferred body type for women now you're making products for it, but there's so many other body types and there's so many other people who look and want to wear things that are different from that. And I just want that more in stores. On this pod, we, we do talk a lot about like, I mean, obviously our title's wildly basic. Like we are very, we come by it honestly that we're kind of basic bitches. And like, we love to talk about the cute hiking outfits that we wear in our like tight Lululemon outfits. But I it's also look like, good when I'm riding, but yeah. I'm like, ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, you want it, but it's also like, can we not sacrifice this actually being a functional article of clothing? Like, can we, can this mountain biking jersey actually also do its job? Like, why does it just have to be pink and tight? Like, that's not helping me. I mean, the short lengths is like a big one that really upsets me because I'm so tall and I'm not the only tall female mountain biker out there that has like an, an average size hip for an average woman. And shorts like if I'm wearing knee pads in the bike park and having this like giant gap between my knee pad and my short like uh, come on like I I can't do this and I don't want ugly shorts like I want my kit to look cool but I also don't want to look like I'm buying clothes that are too small for me or too big for me because I have to compensate by buying men's stuff to fit women don't do cool things. So we don't need cool clothes that support us while we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. You heard it here first guys. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. I don't know if you figured this out with your jackets, not having long enough sleeves or. <laughs> uh, I feel like, okay. So we kind of started this off talking about, um, Emma had asked about things 
areas of, of improvement in the mountain bike community and where Dirt Series kind of falls into this. And we've talked about this mentorship piece and having people that look and think and their biomechanics are like you, like that's all really valuable. And we've talked about the gear and the clothing, but I also want to know a bit about like the community. Like how is the vibe different when you're riding with a bunch of badass women versus if it's like co-ed or you're riding with dudes? Like, do you feel yeah. like there's a different vibe? It's interesting because we have two different styles of camps that we run. We run an all gendered event, which is like co-ed men invited, women invited. It's everybody. And then we have a women's specific that's for anybody that best identifies and fits in that category. We have a lot of participants who are most comfortable in a women's specific program because I think it reduces the pressure to do something that maybe you're not mentally ready for. And because mountain biking is such a mentally taxing sport, I mean, I like to joke that the Tucson desert, it's only filled with things that want to hurt me, but I ride my bike in there anyways. And in general, I think a lot of women come to dirt series to our women's specific clinics because they're allowed to feel and act and be as afraid or as excited as they need to be. I can tell you in all of the camps that I've coached over the years, I've had hundreds of people break down crying in front of me totally lose it, freak out. And then at the end of camp, come back with the biggest smile ever being like, I absolutely love mountain biking and I'm going out tomorrow and like, can't wait to see you at another camp. Again, I'm not bashing men, but excluding them sometimes and being in an environment of exclusively those people that are similar to you, it removes this atmosphere. I'm, I'm trying to speak it's almost like a competitive atmosphere. I kind of know yeah, what you mean. Exactly it's like, what it is. Or it's the other side of it is how many women have gotten into a sport because their significant other or their brother or their dad or whoever has told them this sport is great and they tried it. And like, first off, good on you for trying it and being, you know, learning something new and pushing yourself. And then how many of them haven't continued with the sport because they got pulled too far? the reason why this program works is because it takes that side out of it and it normalizes it with someone who's just like you. It's just, it's different and it's needed. And everyone has a different kind of benchmark of the support they need and the community they need around them. I think a mix is really important, but having a space for women to just be around women is even more important than everything else we've talked about. It just, we need that place to do things in a way that works for us. I really, all of this really resonates with me. And I think that at least what I'm hearing from you, when you talk about people breaking down and crying because they're scared, I think that kind of stems from like these societal norms that are harmful to men and women. Like these ideas that men shouldn't be scared and that they shouldn't break down and cry and that that's a women's thing. That's part of the reason that we feel more comfortable in a group of women, because I know that I could break down and cry and then I could get over that fear. And this group of women probably wouldn't care because we're taught that it's acceptable for us to cry, but we're also taught that oh, this is a male dominated sport. This is a male dominated space. It's not acceptable for me to cry in mountain biking. So I feel like it just, I don't know if that made sense, but I think it, it feels 
better to be able to show that emotion or that fear and all of that and to still be supported in that in a group of women. So that's actually an interesting point because even in our all gender camps, it's still mostly women. And that's an actually a really interesting comment because I talked earlier about how there are these programs for men only and, you know, guys will go on rides and they feel really good together. But at our all gendered camps, we probably only have, it depends on the location, but in total throughout all of our all gender camps, maybe only 30% of the people who participate in those camps are men. And they come to our program because it works better for them than learning in this kind of bro culture environment of just do it, just do it. And I've had male participants in the Whistler bike park break down and cry because they're scared of something. And at the end of it, again, come out and be like, you broke this down in a way that felt right for me. You didn't push me further than I was able to do it. And, you know, this year I couldn't get it, but next year I get it and I'm super happy. And this is the place that I need to be because at the end of the day, everyone learns a little bit different and not everybody has that kind of like super macho high testosterone kind of learning experience. Like these are scary sports and so not everyone is wired that way. Like we need to open up an opportunity for everybody to get involved in it, uh, regardless of gender and, you know, examples of gender normative behaviors that are expected of us in a sense. I I think it's unique and different, but on the flip side of that, there's one part of mountain biking that I really think needs a big change. We're trying really hard to both educate, but also provide opportunities to people of color to come to our program through our scholarship program, through our mentorship program with our coaches, and we're teaching more people to get involved and We're continuing to push and grow even more. I'm in the process right now of registering a 503C in the US and starting a not-for-profit through Dirt Series that will expand our opportunities for more people to get involved in this program from a community side. And so that side of things, it's not great in this industry. Um, Can you actually speak a bit more to Dirt Series? I think you mentioned scholarships and mentorship programs. Yes. So Dirt Series has a scholarship program. It's very generic in the sense of you just need to apply if you would like to come to a camp and if you don't have the financial ability to pay for camp. Over the years, we've really seen there's more and more interest and need for this program. And that's what kind of sparked my decision to build something bigger and to go further with it. And it's not ready yet. It's not in place yet, but a big part of, you know, my action plan for this year is to grow and get this not-for-profit leg up and running so that we can get more people involved from communities that would not traditionally get involved in mountain biking. And that isn't just by way of what we're doing. I, I want to spend a substantial amount of our resources and time working with community groups that have already started this. At the end of the day, I just want more people on mountain bikes and I just want more people outside having fun. I I tell everyone I talk to, we're a splash and dash program. We show up, we get you excited about mountain biking, but what's next? And, you know, you can wait until next year 
to do more programming with us, or you can ride with ride groups from the local trail societies, or you can get involved in a dig day and help improve the trails, or you can do a trail cleanup day and pick up garbage and clear brush and make sure that we're not riding over heavily eroded areas or destroying these natural landscapes that we have access to. And you can make the community better from the holistic side, not just from, you know, getting involved with a program like ours. Like, I think it's, it's a much bigger side of things and we can't do it all, but we can work with, and we can support these groups and everything that they're doing so that our industry just gets better and gets more people outside. Meg, you've mentioned a few times about the volunteers of Dirt Series. And I actually was wondering if you could explain that role a bit more, just in case any of our listeners were curious on what a volunteer looks like. I can say first and foremost that our program doesn't run without volunteers. So with Dirt Series, we have kind of two volunteer position opportunities. You can just sweep a ride, which means you would just ride behind a a group in the afternoon and just keep the mood high, you know, support people and make sure the group stays together. That's kind of the first option. And the second option is a full day volunteer who helps us with pretty much all of the things that happen to make our camps happen. And we're like a little mini event. So we set up a whole morning experience that has demo product and some shopping and coffee and snacks and check-in and all that. And we need help to do that. And so a full day volunteer helps with that They help us do all of the kind of skill sessions that happen in the morning. And they also get to learn while they're there. We've got a really tight community and I can say, you know, I went from volunteer to coach to, you know, business owner, and we've had so many homegrown coaches who've come through the program in the same pathway. And what about if any of our listeners are interested in volunteering themselves, how would they go about doing that? It's really easy. You just go to our website at dirtseries.com and then you go to the register tab and you'll see volunteer opportunities there. You'll also see scholarship opportunities. So as per our earlier conversation, if the scholarship is something that you're interested in investigating further, you can sign up for the scholarship there and we review all the applications. And to kind of round it all out, we have an amazing administrator. Her name's Emily. I call her out because everyone knows Emily. Um, You can call her and you can ask her about everything you want to know. And she will talk your ear off as much as I will, but in the sweetest Australian accent and tell you about how amazing this program is because she's come and helped out and participated at a million camps. And she's just as crazy about this as I am. We've gotten a really good kind of overview of like dirt series. Um, We've gotten a great kind of Meg's perspective on like the mountain biking community and the pros and cons within that. Is there anything else, Meg, that you want to touch on or like tidbits of information that you want to make sure you get out there? Yeah, I think one big part about mountain biking that is sometimes overlooked by people is just the equipment that is needed to be safe and to feel confident when you're out mountain biking. And this isn't a sales pitch by any stretch, but there is a bit of information that is really helpful when you're getting into the sport to understand what you need to, to be prepared and to be successful, because we know if you, you go out with, you know, poor equipment, let's say the wrong equipment to go skiing and you wear a pair of rain pants instead of snow pants, you're going to have a bad time. 
And with mountain biking, there are a couple things that you really do need to make sure that you have so that you're ready to go. And one of those is a really good grippy pair of flat soled shoes and a pair of flat pedals. A lot of people get told to start learning how to mountain bike on clipless pedals. And there is a place for clipless pedals and they're fine when you get comfortable with the basic skills you need that flat sole shoe and a good flat pedal that has little metal spikes on it. And they look crazy and they look sharp, but they keep you gripped to your bike, but they let you get off your bike if you need to get off. So you're taking out that layer of being locked into your pedals or trying to lock into your pedals. And you don't worry about that. You're just riding normal pedals down the path. However, the shoes are really important because if you show up in a pair of sneakers, like a pair of, you know, new balance running shoes, they don't have that stable platform that you need. The next most important thing is a really good helmet. A road bike helmet is not the same as a mountain biking helmet. A mountain biking helmet sits lower on your head, especially in the back of your head. And it covers the back of your skull all the way up to kind of where your neck connects. And it goes behind your ears a little bit lower and it's a little lower on your forehead. And it's designed like that because of the way that it's used on a mountain bike, a road bike. You have different ways that you might fall if you fall. And on a mountain bike, it's been designed this way because of the way that you might fall on a mountain bike and the things on the trail. So please get a good helmet. And please make sure you replace your helmet every two to three years. That's another really important thing. Uh, the last thing I like to mention is protection. So I almost always ride with knee pads. I have thinner knee pads and I have thicker knee pads. And my thinner knee pads I wear when I'm riding on trails that have less rocky or rooty obstacles that I'm concerned about. But I, I wear them because it's a sport that I'm doing hard things in. And I'm a strong proponent for overdressing for sports that I'm new in so that I, I'm not worried about what happens if I fall. I mean, it's going to suck if I fall and it's going to hurt. And I'm not looking forward to that, but the knee pads help. And the best part about all of this equipment is the fact that we have it available as demos at every camp. So you don't have to go out and purchase it. You can just borrow it from us at camp as part of your camp fee and see if it's something you really like and then go out to your local bike shop and purchase it for yourself after you've gotten to try it out. That's all you need to get started. You can rent a bike. If you're getting into this sport, rent a bike before you buy a bike. Renting a bike is definitely the best way to figure out if that's going to be the right bike for you. Um, in every location that we run a camp, we have a relationship with the Norco shop in that town, and it really helps to give our participants an opportunity to build a relationship with that bike shop, but also for them to have an opportunity to rent a bike before they commit to buying something. And by renting it, you know, you get this opportunity to see, is that style really the right bike for me? Do I want a bigger suspension or a less suspension bike? And maybe the size that you thought you were doesn't actually feel like the right size for you once you're on it. And renting gives you that opportunity to try a bunch of different bikes before you fully commit. And it's just such a fantastic way to feel really confident with that purchase that inevitably you're going to make and it's going to be big and nobody likes to have buyer's remorse. In a sense, it's kind of like buying a car. And when you go to buy a car, you go test drive it. You make sure it feels amazing before you commit to it. And this is the exact same idea. 
just with bikes. And gear swaps are great too. Lots of trail societies do gear swaps where you can get clothing and you can get shoes and knee pads and get yourself set up for a fraction of the cost. I mean, I can say I just donated a bunch of my riding clothing that I've just, I don't like the style of anymore. One last question I have for you, Meg, is do you have any last pieces of advice for any gals out there who are wanting or considering this sport, but are still a little hesitant about their participation? I have to say, come try a camp. And this isn't a sales pitch, but if you want to get into mountain biking, you need to learn in a lesson because it's the best way to break it down in a safe, inclusive environment. Um, I've given you a hundred reasons why dirt series camps are amazing, but I know it's a scary sport and I know that everybody can do it and they can do it at any point in their riding. Um, you are going to meet amazing people. You're going to do amazing things. And this is a sport that will help you do that. So try mountain biking. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I can say again, as a beginner mountain biker, it is fun and it's a unique experience, right? It's not like other sports I do out there and it's just another layer uh, or another way that I interact with my environment. And it's always a good time to go out with friends, bring a beer to the top <laughs> or the bottom <laughs> or the bottom. Nothing's better than a nice cold beer in the parking lot at the end of your ride and an hour going over your ride with your friends in every tree and every corner and every berm that you nailed because you just had the best day ever outside. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Wildly Basic. Don't forget to subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on Instagram at Wildly Basic Podcast. Our marketing director is Emma. Our editor-in-chief is Ali. Artwork by Emma. Music and sound by Ali. Co-hosted by Emma and Ali. Thanks for tuning in. Happy trails! <laughs>